Welcome to episode 30 of season two of the Connect 2 podcast. My name is Jeff Cullen and it's a brand new year. Yeah, and I'm Mark Hughes. And how are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing really well. Excellent. Yeah, Excellent. Yeah. A new Excellent. year, despite the, uh, I guess, the general consensus, if one listens to the media, that it's going to be terrible, I'm feeling pretty good about 2023. That is. Let's hope it doesn't disappoint. (laughs) Oh, no. Um, If you're new to the channel, uh, rate, review, and subscribe. Um, We uh, hopefully talk only about positive stuff and try to minimize the negative stuff, although it sometimes creeps in just because of the global nature of everything we talk about. We will avoid specific episodes about politics like we did until maybe the end of the year let's let's say that that sounds right. good yeah um maybe, or maybe one a quarter we allow ourselves a bit of reality <laughs> other than that let's just keep it keep it positive speaking of positive this is quite a tasty coffee what what are we doing so today we have another local coffee from Ooh. rogue um rogue wave coffee Ooh. it is a guatemala finca la hermosa nice um, from Max Perez, it is a washed process. Um, supposed to have tasting notes of pear, apricot, milk, chocolate, chocolate, apple, and almond. See, I think they make that shit up. <laughs> well, do. you know, it's really funny because so <clears throat> connoisseurs like so mm, you think about how we're tasting. How are milk we tasting chocolate? <laughs> well, but you and I are tasting it. We have we've had a nice Chemex pour over. Yeah. You know, I've used a hand grinder to grind the coffee. Yes, you've put much care and attention into this. And we're drinking it out of mugs. Right. Okay. That's not how tasters taste their coffee. Mm. They sit there and they get, uh, they have these like super large spoons. They look like soup spoons. Oh, is that right? Oh, And then they go. Right. You know, they kind of get a lot of air in to aerate it. Sucking on the beans. (laughs) Kind of. And, and. And a lot of times they spit. Yep, they spit at the end uh, to get the. But that's the the flavor profiles come from sure. that. And what's well, like wine tasting? With right? wine, you start doing that. Yeah, they'll do that. Aerate. Try to and, get the aeration. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're we're drinking it out of mugs. We're drinking it out of mugs. <laughs> like animals. Like animals. This is smooth. It is smooth. I this thought this is that, remarkably smooth. Yeah, it's really oh. nice. I, I'm. Uh, th- these guys are local. Um, I really like a lot of the stuff that they've got. So it's, they roast it here locally. They roast it locally. Okay. They're fairly technical in their approach. Like, it's very well organized. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, bit different than some other places, but, eh, you know, Rogue Wave, you know, not a sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Do we have a sponsor? We don't have a sponsor. No, not really. Uh, what's, uh, do you have any dad jokes today? I do have, I have a dad joke. Just a dad joke? <clears throat> yep. Okay. Now I've stolen this. Okay. Stolen. Well, yeah, I saw it. As, it's a meme, but I thought it was very funny. Okay. So a horse goes into a bar and orders a pint. The bartender says, you know, you're in here pretty often. Do you think you might be an alcoholic? The horse says, I don't think I am. And promptly vanishes from existence. <laughs> See, this was a joke about Descartes' famous line from philosophy. I think, therefore I am. But if I had explained that before the rest of the joke, I would have been putting Descartes ahead of the horse. <laughs> it's a double joke. Oh, boy. It's layered. <laughs> you know, I have a friend who's a, psycholog- a psychiatrist. Oh, jeez. I have a friend who's a physicist and... He was going on a date with a biologist. Unfortunately, there was no chemistry. There was no chemistry. <laughs> it's all a numbers game. Me, do you have any books on turtles? Worker. Hardback? Me. Yeah, with little heads. <laughs> and my friend showed me his tool shed and pointed me to a ladder. Um, was, sorry, my friend was showing me his tool shed and pointed me to two way ladder. That's my step ladder, he said. I never knew my real ladder. <laughs> and there's three. See, that's a good one. And there's three unwritten rules that's a good about one. posting puns. Oh yeah. <laughs> one, okay. two, and three. 
course. Of course, because they're unwritten. Oh, my God. There you go. Yeah. Voila. 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 So what have you learned this week? I learned about a thing called thoracic outlet syndrome. What? It's what I have. So oh. When I got injured. Um, Say it again. Thoracic. Thoracic outlet syndrome. Okay. I have this tendency to stick my hand in front of yeah, my yeah, mouth, yeah. And, which is not good, especially when you're talking into a mic. That's right. Let me do this a bit. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, Sound like a Muppet. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, so what, so I got injured and what happened is the inflammation of the muscle, uh-huh. uh, pinched on some nerves, right? And this is all this thoracic out part of this thoracic mm. outlet syndrome is basically it's, um, nerves that are their, their flow is, is, is disrupted. Sure. And it's funny because one of the things that, like, if you go to a physiotherapist, a uh-huh. lot of times a physiotherapist will, you know, do things to exercise your right, muscles. Right, right. But the other thing is inside those muscles are the nerve bundles. Yes. So, in fact, when you move your muscles, mm-hmm. you also move the nerve bundles. Right. So, when you have pinched nerves or nerves that are interrupted, yeah, yeah, you yeah. basically, a lot of time they do this thing called nerve flossing. Ooh, that does not sound pleasant. No, it's okay. Oh, okay. But basically, it's trying to intentionally move the nerve bundles. Uh, So not just move to get the muscles moving, but to actually free up the nerves themselves. You're trying to get them just specifically to move. And there's all these weird positions. What's really cool is Tai Chi does it a lot. Like a lot of Tai Chi moves. Yeah. Naturally, that. Ah, so it's pretty cool. That is pretty. So, are you doing Tai Chi now? No, no. But uh, I watched some YouTube videos about nerve flossing because that's what my chiropractor suggested I do. <laughs> and a lot of them talk about different cool. Tai Chi moves. I, you know, I seem to recall. I'm gonna say it was my wife, but I don't know if that my memory is not 100. percent But somebody in my past got frustrated with Tai Chi. Because it started doing it. I think it was my wife. And she was enjoying it because she found it. You know, you could just sort of like, uh, not disassociate, but like, you know, get into the flow. And then she found out that that's not actually how you're supposed to be doing Tai Chi. You're supposed to be like very conscious of every movement. It's not. And she was like, well, that's no fun. I was enjoying it because it was kind of like, ooh, just let go. And they were like, no, no, you're supposed to be like totally doing Present. it right yeah like forget that <laughs> well i'll do yoga instead or yeah well else. it's uh it's and it's funny because i'll go to these appointments and they'll give me exercises and i say i need you to write them down because i mean some people are super coordinated you show them once like I can, i've seen mm-hmm. videos mm-hmm. of like tom cruise tom cruise is one of these incredible body aware mimics right like yes somebody shows him what to do or tells him what to do and he can do that right away right like the first time yeah i am like he's mr clumsy yeah right like and i need to do it over and over again and then i need to do it again right right like well i think that's probably just most most people are like that well that's definitely me (laughs) and uh so then they'll show me and i have like I have like the memory of a goldfish when it comes to these kind of body movements, right? Like this wrong arm. Oh, sorry. Like this. Yeah. That's yeah. No, that's your leg. (laughs) Yes. And, uh, it's kind of along those lines. And, uh, so, um, so they write it down and then I read them and I can't, I'm going like, I have no idea what this is. Oh God. Did they wrote them down or you yeah, wrote yeah. them down? No, they write them down okay. for me, which yeah. is, yeah. So anyway. So you should videotape it. Bring your iPad, have them videotape well, you doing it. Then you can just be like, oh yeah, I remember now. That's well, one of the physiotherapists that I was going through, their website has links to the exercises and you can actually see the ah, video. Ah, so brilliant. Very, very brilliant. Yes. Um, I'm not seeing him now because I needed other levels of okay. service so you can't go back to the website well it doesn't show me the exercises i need to do oh it shows me a difference in it got it the other thing i learned is uh what do you think one of the hottest things right now in uh, the interweb for 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 
for people is like gamers and stuff. It's chess. Really? Shockingly. Wow. Yes. My son is totally into this. Okay. There's all these YouTubers and they're sitting there doing chess stuff, like, and making chess kind of cool for some people. So my son is doing all these, like, he is a super gamer. So he started learning how to do chess and got into it really quick. And he and I are really closely matched. We'll do brilliant play after brilliant play after brilliant play and then bonehead play and bonehead play. Interesting. So, like, uh, like it's kind of like 90% brilliant, 10% really stupid. Yeah. And as a result, we're well matched because okay. we both do the same thing. And um, anyway, so yeah, I've got like a ranking. It's not very high. And, uh, <laughs> Good for you. So does my son. I, uh, yeah, I played chess when I was in high school and uh, quite enjoyed it. I was a member of the chess club. I know what the Sicilian defense is now. Yeah. Never really got into it that much, but uh, but I did enjoy it. Okay. Well, I learned. What have I learned? Oh, boy. It's been a long week um, and the holiday break. Well, one thing I just realized before when I said this was episode 30, I was used to kind of marvel at actors who had been in, you know, shows. And then you see them being interviewed years later and fandom people are like, I remember that episode where this, that, and the other thing. And the actor's like, no, I have no, idea. I have no memory of that episode. The fact that I was just, well, how, how can that be? Right. We've done 82 of these and I could not probably tell you 10 episodes that we did well, specifically. Well, so now I finally understand you just, you're doing it all the time. You're coming in, you're doing your thing. It all, you know, it kind of blends. Right. So I can see where like, uh, uh Howard Hessman's like, I do not remember episode 32 of season three of WKRP. Well, he's dead now, but, but he when he, before he died, right? Because it's just like, it was just the thing we did, man. Like, well, you know, it's funny because, uh, so I was, for quite a while, I was writing at least a couple of years, maybe three or four years. Um, I was writing articles about once a month for, okay. um, for a photo education website. And they were detailed, quite specific articles. They would tell me the topics and I needed to go do them. Yep. Uh, I could also suggest some if I had some. And what was really cool about it is uh, they were pretty technical. Right. They were really detailed. They were well done. And I can't remember half of them. Yeah. So it's funny because sometimes (laughs) I'll go like, I seem to recall I needed to do this. Right. So I'll go back. I'll go to the website look up my article and go, Oh, that's how I did it. Right. Well, you know, I mean, you can only remember so much, right? Well, and the thing that concerns me and I, I probably need to deal with this is, is right now I'm at the, the, the whim of that website. Oh, if it gets rid of the, those things I've lost that work. Oh, sure. So because, because the way they edit, it was like a WordPress thing. So I actually had to enter it directly. You can't download it. I, don't think so, but yeah. I think I'm going to try and find a way to, I'm sure I can use the Wayback Machine if I need yeah. to, but <clears throat> anyway, so today. Well, wait, wait, wait. Okay. Uh, just speak. So I had a pleasant surprise. You're asking me about Christmas and whatnot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I didn't really want much this year. Oh, right, and right. So my, my wife was like, well, what do you want? You know, like come up with a few ideas. And this is pretty funny because in the era of streaming, before we started streaming, I had started collecting Mad Men on DVD. I haven't watched the show yet, but I collected all you the seasons. You haven't watched any I have of not. Them? No. <laughs> and now you can get it on Netflix. But I had the DVD collection. And everything except the second, the second, the last season was in two parts. And I thought in my mind, oh yeah, I still don't have that last half of the of the the last season. Now I may never watch it on DVD, but the fact that I've collected the rest of it, it just niggled at me that, you know, it's like, it's incomplete. Right. And so I went to our DVD wall and I was like, um, going to ask for that. And when I went and checked, I already bought it. (laughs) I didn't remember buying it. And I was very pleasantly surprised. Oh, I must ask for it. Like last year or something. (laughs) Cause there it is. I got the whole set. Yay. But you haven't watched it. (laughs) I haven't watched any of it. Nope. <laughs> I started watching the first episode of season one 
couple of years back. And then I just yeah, I got into Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad. So I'll get to it. I'll get to it. <laughs> and now if it stops streaming, who cares? I got it on DVD. Yeah, provided the DVDs don't degrade because uh, they degrade over time. Yeah, true. But not that. Yeah, I haven't years. had it for 15 years. So anyhow. Uh, so today's topic is basically when to quit. When and, to quit. And specifically talking about sunk cost fallacy. Yes. So um, so when to quit because it's a time for renewal. You're thinking about moving forward. Yeah. So sometimes it's good to abandon things that haven't worked and move right. on to things that hopefully will work. Sure. Or are working. And yep. Um Sometimes so, it's just a question of making room for those things. Right? Yeah. yeah. I'm, a, I'm a terrible quitter. I am you were an saying, awful, awful quitter. Yeah. This is why I've been very reluctant to join boards because, <laughs> because I end up staying on for a long time. So right. I've been on, just to give some context, <laughs> I've been on the board for the Go Community Center since 2001. Okay. So that's Wow. <laughs> Yes, so that's 20, 21, 21 years. years. I've been on the board for the Holy Edmonton Volleyball smokes. Association since the late 90s. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm still on these boards. Uh, I've been a trustee for the Blues of Goose International since, uh, I think it's 2007. You're not even in the industry anymore. Well, no, this is a this is a different this is kind of a fellowship thing. I still go to their meetings. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah, it's just more of a it's like a social club for people okay. that were in there. Yeah. And uh and yeah, and but I'm a trustee, so I deal with there's this this uh this trust that they have that gets dispersed once a year. Interesting. Um I've been on my what well, was my son's school for oh it'll be six years now. Yeah. Um, now are you off that yet? I no. Well, I would. They were, that was the one they tried to get me off. Right. Um, but my plan is to leave in June. Okay. So we'll uh, see. We'll see. <laughs> I, I'm sure that I will leave in June. <laughs> um, but uh, and I'm like I've been for three or four years a membership chair on the um, Professional Photographers of Canada. Right. The local. The local branch. I'm involved in so many volunteer things. It's not good. So you're not a good quitter. I'm a terrible quitter. And I have this opinion that I should only quit at a point in time when the organization is in better shape than I've, or than I arrived in. And a lot of times I end up in a position where I'm in charge. I'm reasonably good at running meetings. Uh, I am a terrible treasurer. Never, I will never be so, a treasurer in any other organization right. ever again. I did so it 20, once. 21 years and you still haven't cracked that nut. Well, actually, I used to be fair. <laughs> or did I, it get better to, and then you should have left, but then I was gone worse. Well, it's too late. The, the, the catch is I, <laughs> I was involved with the Go Community Center. I have moved to a different position where it basically entails meeting once every quarter. Okay. Whereas before it was like once a month, sometimes right. twice a month. And uh, I've actually, I, I quit that job. Yep. I was president for, I don't know, like 10 years yep. for the Go Community Center. Wow. And uh, I am not president. I'm not even on that board anymore. Okay. So that's good. I'm just on the venture yeah. board. So. So, so let's just frame the. But the, that is volunteers. Yeah. Let's just frame the fallacy because uh, I do teach it in Org B. And I've taught it in management intro as well. So it's it's a common bias. And it's this idea that once you've expended money, mm -hmm. let's say on a project, the money is gone, right? And yeah. that decisions with respect to the future should really only take into account from now forward. So example, let's say that somebody had invested in some new technology. And they've invested like a million dollars. Yeah, it's, it's a small company, right? Uh, you assess the viability of the technology at a certain point. The rational way would be to basically ignore that first million dollars because it's gone. It's spent. It's, it's over. And if the go forward analysis demonstrates that it's not going to be successful, you should quit. You should stop. You should say... Well, we got to write off the million dollars, but human nature being that it's very difficult. We feel like 
if we stop, somehow we will have lost the, the value dollars. associated yeah. with the thing. We, yeah, that, that is a, that is a, I mean, I see that with my photography stuff. Right. So I have uh, two sets of gear. Two sets of gear. Okay. Uh, to, to give you an example. Okay. So initially when I started, I bought Canon. I had all kinds of Canon gear. Mm. Um, in fact, I bought premium lenses for my Canon camera. They're okay. called L-Series uh, on an EF mount, which is the full frame thing. Even though at that time I didn't have a full frame camera. And I still don't have a full frame Canon camera. Right. <clears throat> so, uh, so... But I refuse to get rid of that, those lenses. They are sitting there. They have been sitting there for an extended period of time. <laughs> you might even and, be able to sell them. Well, probably. And in <laughs> fact, I've, I switched probably about 10 or 12 years ago. So okay. this is how long wow. this is. Yeah. Right? To holus bolus to a completely different system. I totally lo love this system. Although there are some shortcomings with it um, that I managed to cope with. But, you know. I don't really want to go and invest a whole lot of money on sure. new camera equipment. Although my lively, well, not livelihood is definitely a mile, not my life. My, my uh, professional aspiration is to be a photographer. Right. And I do a fair bit of it. You do. But in uh, fact, we are sitting amidst your photography studio right now. But um, yeah. So, so I've got this, this system. Sure. And I've got this mm. older system. Right. And um, so I have sunk costs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Is it something? So I have mm. been I, I've been using my more recent system. Mm -hmm. It works great. I don't have any real issues. Right. But I have been going like, oh, maybe I should get a camera that will take it and use these old lenses that and I'm going, you know, it's not going to work for me. Yeah, I, I could do that. I could do I that could or do, I could just or could not. Do something different. <clears throat> yeah. Well, it is difficult. Um, and well, so photography is all about gear. And... <laughs> so a couple of areas that, that I'll use as an example where sunk costs. So the, so the economic one is absolutely well known. And, you know, you see companies that blow governments too, by the way. Right. I think part of it is if you push for a product, there's a human factor. Like if you've pushed for a project you know, you're the one that sold it, let's say to management and that you realize it's going to fail. There's a tendency to go, nope, nope. It's we'll turn around the corner. Cause if you actually have to say we Oops, were wrong, I screwed up. you know, yeah. assumptions were wrong. We have to kill this thing. Um, it can be a little embarrassing, but you have to overcome that. The other two areas, and you're going to laugh at one, I think is relationships. So okay. we'll often talk about people will do that, right? They're in a, they're dating somebody or maybe even a marriage. And let's just take dating. And it's like, not really into the person. They have these issues. And rather than break up, they decide, we'll make it better by getting married. Or, <laughs> or we'll make it better by having children. It's like, because I've invested all these years With you know, this person. in this relationship. And if we break up now, it's like, I'm wasting those years. Uh, bad move. Right? <laughs> and the other one, and this is funny. Someone told me about this dessert. What? You go to a restaurant, a lot of people will force themselves to finish the dessert, even if they're not hungry anymore, because they're like, well, I paid for the dessert. And again, if you use the sunk cost fallacy, the idea is like, the minute you've ordered that dessert, that 15 bucks is gone. Whether you eat the whole thing, or if you're not feeling well, you're not enjoying it, you stop yourself, the 15 bucks is, it's gone, man. Right. But again, a lot of us will be like, no, no, I'm shoveling it in. Right. Well, I paid for this thing and damn it. I'm eating it. Well, it's kind of like, uh, <laughs> well, so like, like I have a membership with Orange Theory. So once a month, okay, you, I paid for four classes. Yeah. So as soon as I pay, I got, I got to use those four classes. Right. And I do you use it? Uh, well, I, I have up until I got injured. So okay. I have to put a pause on it. Yeah. But, uh, well, there is something so there is, to that. But that is right? like the dessert thing. I paid for this damn thing. I yeah. better damn well eat it. I paid for this exercise class. I yeah. better damn well use it. Yeah, it's uh, it's. I mean, you can. I think you could argue that it's. I mean, but I this guess is an ongoing, this is an ongoing be, thing. If, if it was hurting you, yeah. If it was making your injury worse, and you're like, I don't care, I paid for this, I'm still going, right? That, yeah. yeah. Well, I think the whole point of the sunk cost fallacy is evaluating whether it is beneficial moving forward, right? Or if it is 
an expense and you need to make a new decision because you've kind of made a mistake or yeah. it's no longer works. Right. Um, and I mean, it can be tricky. So I want to talk about it in detail too, too much, but I'm making a, a pretty big change and professional change. And it requires letting go of something that I've been working on for a long working time. on for a long time. And, um, it it's it's uncomfortable right because you're like basically you gotta ask yourself have i wasted all this time right was this all a big waste and you know it wasn't so one way to look at it is you you couldn't be where you are now if you hadn't done the things you've done so whatever you go forward you know value what you have but it it, it can be psychologically tricky um especially big changes yeah one of my but, wife's but, but to be fair if you decided that this change in direction didn't work. You can always go back. Well, this is a Bezos talks about this uh, different levels of decision. There's the irreversible decision, and then there's the reversible decision. Okay. And, and Amazon, he's you know the, those irreversible ones. They're not quite as common, but they obviously require you know more uh, analysis and and you, you got to be sure, right? Yeah, you're quite right. I mean, this is not. I'm not moving to the moon. Or, so we'll talk about right? uh, an irreversible decision in the banshee of the in inversion. That's <laughs> right. Because that's a, a very good example yeah. of an irreversible decision. But we we are all prone to again. It's part of human nature. Um, and like I was telling you, there's there's that old trope of the person who, um, you know, is is mining for gold for 10 years and then they like they finally give up and then like a, you know the next person comes along and digs for two hours and they hit you know they hit gold i said to my wife but what about all the people who die at the bottom of the mine exactly right? and who never find the gold so yeah. there's always that other side you know old jim should have he should have quit when he was ahead right but it's it's an interesting phenomenon well and sometimes hindsight's really yeah 2020 uh seth godin wrote a good book about that called the gap and it was basically about quitting, not it's about knowing when to quit, which is really hard. So it's a, there's a real sweet spot where you've got to give something enough effort, you know, cause there are people who are really bad at doing things, right. Who give up like a lot all the time. Yeah. <clears throat> so you don't want to be that, nor do you want to be the person who beats a dead horse. And it's like every indication is telling you quit. you should quit and you don't. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe because you saw a movie and it's like, I'll be that one in a million, you know, who. Well, you know, it's, it's funny. So like, uh, so for me, um, part of like with, uh, with my company, we merged with another company and my plan was not to quit. My plan right. was to move forward and advance. And, and it was definitely the right move. There was all kinds of reasons why it was good to do. It also provided me the flexibility that in the long run, I could do some exit planning. Right. So that was that was pretty front and center because it was clear that I was kind of screwed otherwise. So I figured I was on the mm. Freedom 75 train. I was <laughs> not going to be able to leave anytime soon. Right. And then as things progressed, I came to the realization that there's no reason why I couldn't quit. Yeah. And um, that was a big change. It was a huge change, right? Mm -hmm. that I had to get my head mm -hmm. around that. Mm -hmm. Um, I compare that to my brother-in-law who was in a way more fortunate position than I was like, but for him, like the stars, like he had no concept of how to, like, he's older than me. Right. He's about seven years older than me. He had not really, he had tried kind of uh, a lackluster attempt to try yeah. and deal with exit planning and it didn't really work out. And then things were going bad at, at the same time, they were going really good. He kind of caught lightning in a bottle. Right. Got a crazy good valuation for his yeah. company. Found a buyer who was super motivated to, to buy. Right. Sold it at essentially a great premium. Um, he had bought some commercial land that the company was in. And over the course of like four or five years, it tripled in value. <laughs> like... Like in Vancouver, like this commercial sure. property, like he made off like a bandit. Yeah. So he gets this big thing and, and he 
is kind of in this position where he's kind of hamstrung. His was a straight acquisition, so he was not even in charge anymore. Right. Didn't like the way things were going. There was all kinds of reasons why yeah. he should quit. In the end, they kind of forced the quit on him. Yeah. And yeah. it's really obvious. This is exactly what he needed, what he wanted, even though he didn't realize he wanted it. Sure. But he still has had a hard time yeah. accepting that this well, is a good know, time I, to quit. I, this is the sweet spot. He is yeah. absolutely in the sweet yeah. spot for all kinds of reasons. Well, I mean, I think of a, a lot of us, and maybe it's a generational thing, you know, uh, certainly generations before us were not too keen on quitting. Uh, but even us, right, Gen Xers, right, you, you spend all your, so you go to university, you know, you, you kind of become uh, acclimatized to not giving up, working hard, pushing through. And it, yeah, I think you can kind of lose sight of, you know, what do you want, right? Um, well, I think for quitting, so, for retirement kind of quitting, though, the problem is, is that so much of people's personal identity is mm -hmm. tied in with their work that's a hard thing to quit yeah i mean that's one element of it and you know if things are still going okay yeah but it's when when things are like uh yeah yeah when things are when things are not that's a different story and the other now here's a question because we often hear about and and steve harvey was talking about this in, in one of his little monologues, you know, young people today or kids today are encouraged to do a lot of things where they're they're nobody ever loses or gets cut from the team. So he was talking about the 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 overweight kid on the track and field team, right? right? Who always comes in eleventh and still gets a medal. And he was questioning whether that is that really healthy or should that kid be join the chess club, you know, like you're not, you're not track and field material. Some people are, some people aren't. Right. And he's talking about his daughter who I guess is not a skinny girl being on the uh, cheer team. And he said he was watching his youngest daughter and he was watching them throw this girl up in the air. <clears throat> and he asked her, why don't they ever throw her up in the air? And she said, dad, I weigh 115 pounds or 125 pounds. Who the hell is going to catch me? <laughs> right. So he's like, so she's at the base of the pyramid. Right. But his point was, there is a certain art, again, that sweet spot, to knowing, give it your best shot, like give it all, give it your all, but at some point, you're not going to make the NBA, you know, if you're, if you're crappy at basketball. Like I was going to say, if you're short, a few short people have made it, but they had immense talent, right? Yeah. If you're true. just not cut out for something, or it looks good on paper. And you see this all the time in business, uh, and I mean, I've been, I've been uh, guilty of it a few times myself with my previous partner. We thought, man, people were just going to come marching up. You know, the, it made so much sense what we were doing, and in a room full of professionals, everybody would be nodding their heads. Oh yeah, no, this makes total sense. And then you go out to the market, and you find that people are just not. Well, they may even agree. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, that seems like, and you're like, good. So when can we start? Oh, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> like, why not? You just said it was a good idea. Yeah, but I just don't want to do it, right? Well, I'll tell you. So I produced this book. I think the book's pretty good. I love the book. I, so I'm I, in the book, I, so I, that's I have a certain bias. But, but, but we had, uh, so we were selling this at uh, Christmas market. So, right. and it was a little bit different than everything, everything, you know, people are selling like weird stuff, like popcorn balls and uh, <laughs> ornaments and all kinds of, you know, jewelry and stuff, stuff. Right. And I'm selling a book. Right. Right. And, um, I would go through and I have to say one thing that's now were you doing the dog photos on site? Like you did. At no, the I did walk? not. I did Cause not that was that. popular. That was really yeah. popular. But what was really interesting is, uh, you know, I have a story and I tell the story about the book and what sure. motivated it and what, and people were going, oh, that's so awesome. I'm so glad, you know, so glad that you're doing this. I think it's a great so idea. How many can I put you down and then for? They, and, then they, <laughs> and then they turn and walk away. Right. And you're going like, what the hell happened? You're just, yeah. you're being effusive. You're saying, you know, and, and, I'm, and, and then you walk away. And then there were other people who you go like, 
wow, this guy's never going to buy a book. And they come straight and said, I'll take three. And you're going like, what the hell just yeah. happened? Yeah. And uh, it was, this was kind of, so what, what both Shannon and I, because Shannon helped me out with the Christmas market, um, it was really apparent that we could not predict right. who was interested in who wasn't. Yeah. And you could have this great story and this great everything. And yeah. No, it just doesn't. You, know, you have no idea. Yeah. Like, and you know, we see you can see that in technology. Um, sometimes it's not the right time. So I'll often talk in my class about the Apple Newton. I oh, yeah. remember the Newton. Oh, I do. Right, the the early stage it was definitely uh, not the right time. tablet. <laughs> right, it was the iPad yeah. before there was an exactly. iPad. Exactly, it's just a total boom, like a total bomb, and. Uh, but then 10 years later, whatever, right? The world's in a different place. Try it again. People got smartphones. The whole idea of a computer that's not a computer was much more, like the world was ready for it. Right? Yeah. And sometimes you just got to be willing to go, okay. Uh, but it can be tough because when we're creative folks, and I'm sure a lot of artists deal with this, like you put a lot of it into it and you're like, this is awesome. Well, so like even like even with the Newton, there was the Newton, and then there was. Do you remember the Palm Pilots? Oh, I do. I had a great Palm Pilot. I had Palm Pilots. Those were awesome. They were, and they were clearly the 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 next step. They were before the iPad. Absolutely. The iPad kind of put it all together. Yeah. But those i those uh, those Palm Pilots were awesome. They were. I wonder whatever happened to that company. I had a tungsten one. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they were the tungsten were, two or something. They were, it, was, it was a slick I unit. Had, I had more than one of them. Yeah, I think I had two or three by the time everything was said and done. Yeah. So yeah, camera on it, and you know, so early stage. Oh, mine didn't even have a camera. Yeah, I think I had one. You could play some limited games on it, and you had your calendar, and yeah, it's amazing. So, but anyways, the bottom line: don't give up too. Don't give up too quick. But, but sometimes, yeah. So the whole thing, the whole thing. <laughs> I mean, about, look at what's going to happen to uh, uh, what the hell's his name, uh, Tom Brady. I mean, here's a guy who I think he needs to quit. Maybe is pushing it a little he needs too to far. Quit. He's 45. Yeah, he needs to quit. Well, then his wife leave him because she's like, "You need to quit." Yeah, <laughs> like because he quit, and then he unquit, and then it's like, "Well, you know, we're going to spend all this time together, and it's going to be the family." And like, no, I'm going back. Yeah, no, he needs to quit. Yeah. Well, apparently it's the same thing with Ronaldo. Oh, the uh, soccer guy. Yeah. yeah. So Ronaldo um, so Ronaldo is a little bit older than Messi, but not an awful lot. Okay. And Messi kind of said this is his last international, and, you know, and he wins the golden boot. Right. But he was still able to compete. Sure. Uh, and he was still – so Ronaldo was having more struggles. He's not – quite fast enough like okay. he's very fit he's yeah. very like for his age he's sure it's remarkable the problem is you got these young bucks who right. are also competing really yeah. well and now uh, again i say if you like look at chris chelios i mean if you can if you've still got it or gordy howe fine but it's when that but it's very few that have that when it starts to slip you know it's better to you, slip on you, a high you, note you, so now he's playing yeah, for a uh, saudi Costanza. Like Ronaldo has now been signed like a Saudi Arabia team See, rather that just, than that's kind of gets kind of sad. sad yeah. yeah, but maybe they got nothing else. You know, you know who knew when? Was well, like David Beckham Pele. when <laughs> David Beckham went to the uh, the Galaxy in LA? Yeah. You know that was he was our, his best days were already behind. Yeah, him. well, I, it's almost a, you start one. Is it cynically just because they're throwing money like a huge pile of money at yeah. them, and right? then you're going like. Why are you throwing this money at this? Yeah, this guy. Yeah. Well, it's marketing, right? Yeah. People will come and see. We're such a sick society. Be like, maybe he'll, maybe he'll fail. Right? <laughs> he was at the high pinnacle, and now we're gonna watch him all the way down into. So the, the real thing about like when to quit is this whole concept of being able to take a clear-eyed look at where yes. you're at. And wh how much you've invested, right? And what the value of that investment is moving yep. forward. So in some cases, it's not so much a sunk cost; it's an ongoing thing. Yeah. In yeah. other cases, it's a sunk cost, and it's it, it's gone. You can't make any That's decisions true. based upon the money that you spent. Yeah. Now, to be to be fair to people, uh, there's a certain amount of, let's say, in a corporate setting, there's a corporate culture 
piece as well. Mm-hmm. So like you take uh, Ray Dalio with uh, as a Blackwater, you know, he's a very systematized guy and or or Apple, great example. Steve Jobs, you know, was very willing <clears throat> to do that. If something wasn't working, you know, we'll kill it. Um, but if you're in an organization where putting that out there is going to be met with acrimony or perhaps even your firing, it kind of reinforces that that tendency to be like, oh, is this still know, a good we idea? can't admit that we've made a mistake. Yeah, right? absolutely. So there's part of it is a cultural absolutely. thing, right? Same thing as if you're in a family. Let's say that you're in a family that's really judgmental around divorces, right? And you're thinking, this isn't working, but it's going to be very dramatic outside of your own decision. That might influence where you're like, okay, well, you know. Well, it's kind of like uh, uh, I, I give you a different, slightly different example of a sunk we'll cost. Kill each other. Suppose you go <laughs> to a tailor yes. and you get a really nice fitting suit. Okay. And you spend a lot of money on it. <laughs> I know where this is going. And, yeah. And five years later, right? You're a somewhat different shape yeah. than you were before. It happens all the time, right? And you're going like, well, one of these days I'll fit in that suit. Yeah, again. exactly. And you're going like. Yeah. You know, maybe it makes more sense to either get it altered yep. or to uh, alter yourself. That's right. Or, or just get better clothes. Get, better, get newer clothes that, that actually fit. Well, that, there used to be that show, uh, What Not to Wear. And that was a big theme uh, with both men and women with, with the show that you're better off to wear clothes. You know, just like, well, I like what, the way you put it, assess reality. Yeah. Well, you know, when you were 25, you were a size like 32. And now, for whatever reason, you're a size 38. <laughs> Maybe you want to work on becoming a size 34. But in the meantime, you but, look better, you feel better. And there's a psychology to it, right? You do feel better when you wear clothes that actually fit you than squeezing yourself into like your favorite legacy pair of pants. And you're like, no, it's fine. <laughs> How do I look? Uh, Breathe in. You look comfortable. (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny though, like, uh, because styles change and the current style is for thin people to wear tight clothes. And I'm going like, so as soon as you're not thin, which I would say is the majority of people. Especially living um, in North America. um, Those tight clothes, they're not supposed to look that tight. Yeah. That's right. right. And um, yeah, but like, interesting. Yeah, these super snug fitting yeah. clothes for people that are skinny, they don't look so snug. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they look like they're about to explode. <laughs> Here's the funny. And, and just be to be, you know, uh, full disclosure, I'm not skinny. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, I, 2023 is, I've got, I've got some, I've got some uh, resolutions to meet. Uh, here's the funny thing. I think my feet have gotten slightly bigger as oh, I've no. gotten older. Are they five foot nine? Oh, sorry. No, that's... no yeah. No, I, th- I think they may have gotten a little bit wider. Or how so tall I'm, did you think you were? I, five I thought 10? I was five ten. Yeah, five eight and a half. <laughs> um, so I have some shoes that I used to wear that just feel tight. Either they've gotten bigger, that just the shape has changed, or something, right? So we went skiing, and my younger son and I have the exact same ski boots, but in a different size. We, we bought like, you know, trade in like used boots, and, but they're exact same model and everything. And uh, he already had boots on and I was trying to put a boot on and I'm like, Jesus, this, this is not, it's not working. This thing is tight. And I was thinking, I guess my feet have got bigger, right? Like it kind of almost fit. And then I realized he's, he's wearing, wearing my more. boots. <laughs> so I felt better. So. <laughs> little bit i've kind of like gone from like maybe a size 10 to a 10 and a half in certain cuts but this was like this felt like a dramatic oh my god what the hell's happening well how I, much bigger has my foot gotten well i, I play volleyball still <laughs> and um over time I, yeah, i'm super sensitive about my feet oh yeah and uh so i've discovered that i tend to buy slightly 
slightly bigger sizes than probably I could probably wear a slightly smaller size. Okay. But I'm just so focused on comfort. Sure. That um that I tend to get probably just a slightly bigger than I yeah. I, I well, need just because I want that space. Gotta be comfortable. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. All okay. right. Media. Media. What have you been consuming? Well, over the Christmas break, having been away, and we just—I haven't really been consuming that much media. Mostly YouTube stuff, watching the the madness unravel in the United States, and uh, the the Andrew Tate, uh, you know, <laughs> the debacle. Uh, debacle. Uh, I have still been watching um, that SAS show on. Um, I think it's on Prime. It's a good one about the Special Air Service. Been rewatching some WKRP on DVD just for fun. Nice. And um, what the hell has I been watching? Well, I've been I've been playing. Uh, we bought the uh, Quest, sorry, the Meta Oculus. So we've been doing some of that VR stuff. And uh, oh my god, is it? It is wild. It is pretty wild. <clears throat> you know, Although... early stage because we had the PS4 VR, okay, which is pretty good, but my younger son convinced us that you know old technology and in a way it's right because the psvr has got the external camera you've got these controllers that light up and so sometimes the hand controls a bit eh, okay. right uh the meta oculus is much better mm-hmm. and so that's interesting but i bought a couple of uh these nature game, like where you just you're walking in the woods oh really where you're, oh yeah cool uh, there's one I can't remember what it's called. I think it's just called Nature VR, and there's like 15 places you can be, including under the ocean. Which, if you look down, there's like an underwater sculpture of people scared the living crap out of me <laughs> for a second. Well, I want to uh, get uh, way, more uh, whales. De- I want to get more details on that because I, I think that would be a good thing to get. Yeah, there's one where you're out in in uh, a winter landscape, mm-hmm. and because it's VR, you can. Uh, what can you do? You, there's one thing where you'll attract the animals. The animals don't look great, but they still, it's quite peaceful. You can go from switch from day to night. So in the winter one, if you switch to night, you get the Aurora Borealis oh, nice. and you're in the mountains and it's just this wintry, uh, you can, you can grow plants just by pointing, especially in the summer you throw and then a tree grows. It's pretty, it's pretty, and then there's calming music. Kind of cool. Kind of cool. Very cool. And then the other one is a World War II Medal of Honor, uh, which I used to play, you know, on a on a on a console. Now you're in the game, and it's not bad. It's it's this will definitely be early stage holodeck stuff, man. Oh, interesting. Yeah, you. Well, uh, so uh, I did see a bunch of stuff. So uh, you always see a bunch. I of saw stuff. Avatar: The Way of the Water. You know, my kids saw it. What did you think? It was it was good. It was pretty. I, I was. Amazed. I heard how yeah, difficult it must have been to uh, film this because it's like the amount of effort that it would have taken to set up the actors to be able to do the right the motion capture for the got because everything is fantastic and it's all very immersive. That's so, what that's what my older boy said. The, he didn't. Story, he didn't really like the story. The story has got a different kind of MacGuffin. So in the first one, the MacGuffin was the unobtainium. (laughs) Yeah. Right? (laughs) In this story, they've kind of forgotten about the unobtainium. (laughs) And they moved on to a new thing that is kind of like unobtainium. Okay. Except it doesn't... I can't even remember what it was called, but it's a different. And kind of he moves to a different part of the planet. Well, he, he has to flee. Yes. So it. Uh, and he, then he rains down trouble on his new people. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, and and that's the thing is that so Earth is interested in Pandora because of the unobtainium in the first one, and it justifies their incredible expense. Right. And then this time they're coming because they want to colonize. Because they have to, so it's kind of a different kind of MacGuffin, okay? Right? Like, uh, yeah, like <laughs> or the main motivation, and then they have this other thing that they can, they can get that uh, that is that funds a lot of this, okay? Which is you know, but and it, it's got all kinds of environmental messages and 
you know, indigenous yeah. people's messages. Is it doing uh, like four more of these? There's one more that's coming out okay. for sure. Yeah. I don't know if there's any more. Um, so, but do you so, watch uh, pitch meetings on YouTube? No. Ryan, Ryan George. No, no. Oh man. You've got to watch pitch meetings. This guy <laughs> has got it out. Guy from Montreal actually. And he's got it down cold where he plays these different characters, but he plays like the, the, the studio executive mm-hmm. and then the writer. Okay. And he just takes these movies apart, right? Because <laughs> it'd be like, well, why does that happen? And then it's like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> so the movie can happen. Well, but he just pulls apart the logic. So I saw him, he did the the world of water or whatever. And the way of the water. The way of the water. And it, it kind of, let's just say that anything that doesn't make a lot of sense kind of gets highlighted in. Yeah. Those know, are like those honest trailer things. Yeah. Same, Same core company, different okay. series of videos. So I want to talk about, and, and spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Ooh. Banshee of the Inversion, uh, okay. okay, don't. It's <laughs> not a spoiler alert. That's well, a, I will tell you this spoiler. I will tell you why. Okay. Okay. So well, first of all, wait a minute, wait a minute. It gets what, 90, what platform is this show on? It is on, uh, I think it's on Netflix. Okay. It's on one of the streaming platforms. Oh, no, it might be uh, Disney Plus. And it's what's one of it the about? Two. So this is the thing. <laughs> it's got like, so, you know, I heard rave reviews. Okay. It's got 98% on Rotten Tomato oh, Machine. Really? 76% wow. on the audience thing. I'm going like, wow, this has got to be great. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. So it's about two guys. Okay. Who are in this, uh, this island, this Irish island, just okay. off the coast of ireland okay and um so it's kind of very rural very small towny in 1923 so there's actually a civil war going on on the mainland right you can actually see stuff going on okay but it hasn't really is this the like the uh the the protestants and the catholics no it's the it's the it's the it's the uh, it's two this is predates that okay the civil war the irish civil war okay so once they got Free from England, okay. The the main republic. There was a kind of a battle. Oh, interesting. So they're fighting England, basically. No, they're fighting fighting each other. This wow, is a civil okay. war. So I did, yeah. So this is after their. I'm uneducated about Irish history. Yeah. So 1923. So it's a very pretty, very period piece yeah, yeah, yeah. and all the stuff <laughs> with Colin Farrell and um, something Gleason, um, you know, very Irish. So it's super interesting from that perspective. Right. That's about it. So these two friends, these are two friends. They're older men. They go to the pub every day around two o'clock. And then one day, one of them decides they're not going to do this anymore. Right. I'm going, okay. And the other one is kind of like his feelings are hurt. He doesn't know why. And the other guy says, well, I've decided you're dull and I don't want any part of you anymore. Right. And so. And the, That's the movie. This is the start of the movie, and it gets worse. (laughs) So the the one guy who says, I think you're dull and doesn't want you, and he says, I don't want any part of you. And if you come and quit bugging me, and the other one is keeping like, hey, you're just messing around. He said, stop bugging me. If you keep bugging me. And and the other thing, he's like a fiddle player. He's a fiddle player, and he teaches. He has students coming from far and wide to learn fiddling from him. The Irish fiddle. Irish fiddle. And and he says, if you keep coming, I will I will sever one of my digits and throw it at you. Wow. Right? So the guy keeps so he does it. Oh this is the irreversible God. decision we were talking about Holy earlier. Holy smokes. So now he's gotta play with like without one his less index finger. finger. One less finger. Right? Cut and off then, his index finger. Yeah. And then it goes further. And he says, you come <laughs> oh, to our talk okay. to me again, I'll cut off the four remaining fingers. And he does. And he does. Oh my god! And he throws it at the at the the door of this what guy. The hell like kind of, what? And then and then and then the guy who's the dull guy. He's got like this this cute little miniature donkey named Jenny. That oh no! And guess what happens? Eats one of the fingers and chokes and dies. And. <laughs> Like you want to go for a pitch meeting, this is the pitch meeting, and wow. then it goes even further. <laughs> it goes even further, and then now he's pissed. Now the dull guy is pissed, and he decides, 
at two o'clock on Sunday, I'm coming to your house. I'm going to burn it down. If you're in your house, great. And if you're not in your house, fine. But I'm going to come and burn your house down because you killed my donkey. Wow. With one of your fingers. With one of your <laughs> fingers. <laughs> you couldn't see that guy. And the, the guy with the fingers says, or lack of fingers says, well, I'm sorry about it. And, and you see his bloody stump, like a uh, like fair, fair chunk of this movie. And now he can't play the fiddle anymore. No, because he's, of course. Didn't he's see gotten, that coming. Yeah. And and now he's sad. And then he, he sits the in the thing again. and he's, you know, he manages somehow to survive his house that gets burned down because the guy burns his house down. And the end of the movie is, um, you know, they didn't die, but they're not friends anymore. That's it at the end. Fin. And I'm going like, and this is a 98% on the tomato meter. Like, <laughs> wow. what the hell? Now this is, you know, and, and there's is this one of these movies where, they try to make you feel like you're stupid because you're, you're going like, there must be some deeper meaning. And then people are like, no, there is no deeper meaning. Well, I don't know. Sometimes like, it's, it's just not, an experiment. It's not a good story. It's right. not a good story. The characters are mildly interesting initially. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. they go kind of like bananas. And yeah. I'm just mm -hmm. like, you know, like uh, the the doll guy's sister is the most interesting person in the whole thing, and she leaves. And uh, <laughs> I'm out of this stupid movie. <laughs> and and it's just uh, so I kind of sometimes feel that sometimes with certain movies that kind of like you should really appreciate this because it's a deep movie, and, right? And 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 I'm going like, no, this is a dumbass movie about two friends where one guy gets just bored with the other and decides to cut up his fingers yeah. like anyway so it's a sunk cost do movie. not watch <laughs> it's a sunk yeah, cost it's definitely movie. a sunk cost so if anything if i can sunk cost? encourage anybody who's or not knowing when to quit do not watch <laughs> the banshee of the inversion okay uh is this like Avatar, based on a was this based on a book no but the the uh, director is quite re renowned for his deep character studies oh, sure. and all that stuff. And I'm going like, <laughs> people are in love with this and they've committed to his depth. And, and this is just like, it's too much. It's too much. <laughs> um, the other two things that, uh, so I've been, I was watching severance again. Uh, um, and That's I have, a HBO, right? It, it's a Apple plus. And okay. I have no idea where this is going. Oh, yeah. it's, I, I'm worried that this is a sunk cost and I should know when to quit. Um, and then I watched White Lotus. White Lotus. Okay. Uh, season one of White Lotus. So, so season two has just come out, and All I right. suspect that that's why. So White Lotus, it's weird. Okay. It's really weird. It is a character study. It's like watching a whole bunch of George Costanza's almost. Really? Yeah. So I should have known better. Yeah. Um, it has one of these things where you kind of, it's kind of like you're watching a car accident, and you can't oh, take your eyes off of it. Yeah. It's definitely a car accident. Yeah. And um, yeah, it uh, it's yeah. a bit disturbing. Bizarre. Uh, yeah. Oh, we watched Glass Onion. Oh, I watched it Glass Onion good. too. I, I enjoyed it. Glass Onion. That was Benoit good. Blanc. Benoit Blanc. Yes. Yeah. And then the little bit with Hugh Grant. Is... Yes, that's right. As his husband. Yes. Yeah. That was good. He's, so Hugh Grant got interviewed. and He said, oh, I'm, "I'm the husband of James Bond. How bad could it be?" Yes. Apparently, they're doing a third one. Yeah. And he will have perhaps a bigger role. Yeah, there you go. So that's awesome. But. Uh, yeah, the similarities between, you know, uh, whatever the, the main character was and uh, some of the recent oh, billionaire uh, Elon, maneuvers Elon, was Elon pretty amazing. Musk or and apparently, Miles Braun or completely, something. at least from the writer's perspective, not intentional. Well, it predated right? a lot of yeah, the Elon. Yeah, exactly. Musk. Elon is kind of like. Now, apparently, uh, uh, did Elon watch Glass? Of I don't know. I guess, uh, what the hell's that actor's name? Uh, Edward Norton. Edward Norton did base his character on Elon in terms of mannerisms. and yeah, sure. But reality... A reality uh, bites. Or, yeah. I mean, so, it's got a sharp... Uh, yeah, so we thought, thought that was really quite good. Especially the car company and the space company. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Anyway. Okay, man. Well, well a, first week of January. So far, it's been an interesting year. Yeah. Uh, 
I guess we're uh, we're off to the races. We're off to the races. Yeah, yeah. back. Good, yeah, man. this is the first week in a while that we missed a week. Um, yeah, I posted a thing on Facebook, um, and there should be new uh, content on our Facebook page. Yeah, um, for every episode. So. Exactly. Good stuff. Anyway, all right, man. Have a great. Oh, uh, nice jacket, by the way. Thanks. Christmas yeah. present. Ah, wonderful. To myself. <laughs> to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Good man. Okay. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.